Hello, friends. Before we begin this wonderful episode with Brittany J. Jones, I wanted to share a bit about this year's 2022 Black Women's Stitch Wall Calendar. The Black Women's Stitch 2022 Wall Calendar is bigger and blacker than ever. Not only is the calendar about 15% larger than last year's calendar, it remains jam-packed with Black women's history, sewing history, and activist history. There's also a new feature in this year's version, and that is the quarterly pattern release. At the beginning of every quarter, you'll find original images from Black women artists. These images are available as fusible applique patterns for PDF download so that you can resize them to fit the needs of your project. Order your copy of the Black Women's Stitch 2022 wall calendar from blackwomenstitch.bigcartel.com and we'll help you get your stitch together. Stitchers, welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. everybody and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am your host Lisa Woolfork and I am joined today by one of the friendliest sewers on Beyonce's internet. I would imagine that some could call her the Tabitha Brown of the sewing community. I've never met Brittany J. Jones in real life. I did have a wonderful real life experience with Brittany that she might not even remember but back in the day I'm not sure when this was when I started Black Women Stitch or either at the when I was Lisa Loves to Sew I had this problem with these pants that were, had the smile at the crotch line. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? And you messaged me and you sent me photos of the pages in the book that I needed to fix the problem. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, see, this is what a sewing sisterhood can do. This is why Instagram is one of the like happiest places in the sewing community or something like that. So this was someone who was, you know, super famous in my mind and just like had so many things going on who took the time to send me some photos of pages in a book to fix a problem. And I was like, yeah, she's the real deal. So welcome, Brittany J. Jones, to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the invite and I'm excited to chat. You began sewing in 2013 and you did so kind of as a reluctant sewer. Your mom had taught herself to sew and then she was, you would help her and do things, but you were not what one would say enthusiastic about supporting your mother in her learning adventures to sewing. Tell us a bit about that and about Brittany being a surly teenager. Like I, I, I can't picture it. I cannot picture Brittany behind her mama's back, cutting her eyes, saying, I don't want to serve this scene. I, I want to go do something fun. I want to play my... Nintendo with my friends. I mean, I don't know. What was that like? I wasn't that teenager. (laughs) You know, I was 
trying to be cool. So let's just go shopping for me, mom. But it's so funny now when I think about my story is that my mom self-taught herself one day. She's like, she's going to the pawn store. She bought a machine and she just started sewing. She still sews now. So I think it's so funny when I think back on my story is how when she was sewing, I wasn't really into it. (laughs) But then later on, I started sewing. In 2013, I started to look at YouTube videos and I started to get inspired. At that time, I believe we had two children, my husband and I. He was deployed and I was depressed. I'm a true introvert. I stay in the house. I don't want to make friends. (laughs) But needless to say, after a while, I did start to, I was really depressed. So that was a different Britney then. I mean, I wasn't always smiling. I was just in a really big rut. And I believe we just had our second son. So I did need some more clothing. And I remembered my mom's song. I was like, I've seen mom make, of course I can make a maxi skirt. You know, it's just a rectangle. So I go on YouTube and I see one five minute maxi skirt. I loved it. And so in 2014, I said, okay, let's buy my machine. So I bought my machine, made a maxi skirt. I haven't stopped sewing since. I absolutely love it. And it just brings me joy. And it's something that's my own. So yeah, I just love it. (laughs) I can see that. And you can see the joy in your work and the work that you do, the work that you share. And it feels like it's been some kind of like happiness landslide. Because like when I think about 2014, which was not that long ago, that's seven years. Yeah. And so now I am talking to you right now in a store. Who have imagined seven years ago, somebody saying, hey, Brittany, one day you're going to be on a sewing podcast. Not for the first time, by the <laughs> way. This is not the first sewing podcast you have been on, right? So if someone told you in 2014, you'll be doing sewing podcasts, you're going to have a library of videos of your own. You're going to have taught people sewing. You're going to have ambassador deals with sewing machine companies. What would you say to that person who came from the future, from our time, to tell you this when your husband was deployed? I don't know. I would have been like, okay, from your lips to God's ears, let's let's do it then. (laughs) I probably would have been a little doubtful, like, okay, sure, but I would have tried it. You know, I would have kept going and pressing forward and seeing what would happen, but I never thought this far. Never. And it was always my prayer. I always say it. I think I've said it on a couple of podcasts previously. My one prayer was that I wanted to be at home with the children, doing something I love, bringing in the income. That's been my whole thing from the very beginning. And God has just blessed that. And I'm truly grateful. Like this is a dream I didn't dream for myself, not because I didn't think I wasn't worthy of it. It's just like, you don't think your own fabric store, like, huh? So to be in this moment, it's just, it's amazing. I'm grateful. And in addition to being able to sustain yourself, sustain yourself to sustain your, your energy, your capacity, because as an introvert, I know that, you know, that it's important to reserve and preserve your energy. And you're already giving so much energy as a wife and as a mother to be able to sustain that energy within your home environment, plus financially sustain it. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful manifestation, you know, of the prayer that you had asked for. And at the same time, not only are you good, right? And you're set and feeling good. You are also generating and giving beyond that, right? The sewing community, the maker community is also able to benefit from you having your dream come true. See, I don't even think like that, but thank you. <laughs> and this also makes you a possibility model. And that's another thing. It's very hard to become something you've never seen. And so the idea of seeing you say, you know what? I started in this one position. 
And that was really difficult. And now I'm elsewhere. It's just really great. And one of the things I think about a lot in terms of how we talk about like service to others and self-care, all these things, they say you cannot pour from an empty cup. And I think that too many women, at least for me in my own experience as a Black woman, that we're somehow expected to do that. We're all supposed to be pouring out all the time to everybody else. You, know, you, got, you do this and you're part of the sorority. You got your church service. You got this, you got that. In fact, you have to fill it up first. It's just like they say, you got to put your own oxygen mask on first before helping other people. That's what it becomes, I think, so important for projects like yours. And I think even for what we're doing at Black Women's Stitch, it's very similar. It's like, let's get this together so that we are good, whole, healthy. Then we can help people get there too. And that is something that you are doing. And as you have gone along, I've seen so much growth and development and deepening commitments. In terms of your energy, how have you kind of maintained a sense of consistency in all of the things that you are doing? How do you manage to do it and not be depleted by the doing? A lot of people see the smile and I never want to portray that I got it all figured out or that I'm perfect because that's totally not the case. I have my breakdowns. I have my moments, but I truly believe that I'm able to really center myself back because I absolutely try my best to keep God first and everything that I'm trying to do. I feel like if I keep God first, then I'll be able to keep my strength and keep myself going. I can listen when I need to pull back, go a little harder when I can. And just if I keep God first, I know that everything else will fall into place. So that's really what I try to do. I'm not perfect with it all the time. Sometimes I stress, sometimes I worry, sometimes I'm overwhelmed. But in those moments when I'm really close to the edge, I'm able to center myself and get back where I need to be. So that really helps me to keep the smile on my face because I know that at some point I'm going to be okay. It seems to be a really important part of all the different things that you are doing. And I do want to talk about the So In 30 because I love that so much. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about how do you claim your time? How do you find ways to establish boundaries between work for the, the store, work for the blog, work for like all, all these different commitments that you have? Do you do something like, do you time chunk? Like you set timers for, I'll work on this for two hours or I'll work on this for 30 minutes or do you farm things out? Do you get support for people? Like, I guess we're, we're trying to figure out the secret of how to be you like the Cliff's Notes version or maybe the top five Britney-isms. I am big on time chunks. And I find it so funny because my husband, he's kind of picked it up too. And he's like, I'm just going to do this in 30 minutes like you were always talking about. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you even listened to me. He's like, oh, so you do hear when I talk. Okay. Right? I'm like, oh, okay. But that's a really big part. Even here at the store, when I come in early, I still set my timer because now that I've transitioned here and we have the brick and mortar, my family just moved cross country and it wasn't the plan for us to be building a home. <laughs> we just knew, oh, we find something, you know, we'll have our goods delivered 30 days max. I'm good to go. My stuff is still in storage. I'm living out of suitcases at my in-laws when I try and go back between my in-laws and my mom's. So it's still a lot. I'm not settled yet. So when I come to work, this is the only place that sewing machines are for me right now. So I'm always on the clock. I'm like, okay, I have 30, 45 minutes. I need to sew something really quickly. And then I need to prepare and get the store ready to open, whether that's sweeping the floor. Faith comes in and she tags the bags, rolling new fabric because we call them dead bodies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so fabrics, they are sometimes so heavy that they just break. 
because there's so much fabric. So we have to roll them and they just feel like logs. <laughs> so I come in and I re-roll fabric. And then that time I'm also doing other things like now I've just started to vlog. So I'm trying to get content without actually doing the soul alone. So I can still give my audience and my supporters something. And I just, I've, that's been also something I've been dealing with a lot of. I've been really hard on myself <laughs> because it's like, I've totally changed the way I have to create now. I can't just sit and do a full soul long anymore. So I'm trying to think of ways to still be creative and still support my audience, give them what they need or just a behind the scenes peek. And that's been like the hardest thing. So I'm always, I'm also thinking about that and adding that into the schedule, like show something, do something, be present. So I definitely work off time chunks, 30 minutes here, 45 minutes here. When I wake up and get the children off to school, I decided now to stay for an hour. So I work out 30 minutes there and then I pray to get into the word. And then I get on the road and come to work, which I have an hour and 30 minute drive. I commute back and forth. It's a lot. It's a big adjustment, but working in time chunks has been gold for me. I love it. It's like when you were elementary school, at least at least for me, like sometimes toward the end of the, you know, on a Wednesday, you're like, I am sick of this and sick of these people. You go home, you watch the clock and you feel like it would go backwards. Right? It's like, why are we still here? <laughs> but I feel so productive when I work in time chunks because I just don't sit and do the same thing all day. I am more so admin behind the scenes, the shipping and handling of our fabrics. Faith kind of takes on that role now. So I'm heavy on the computer. So I could get lost in doing something all day. But if I set a time chunk and I can get, get something done, get that done, get that done, I feel more productive. And I just love that. And let me just say, I was going through the website this morning. It is beautiful. That is all Mimi. Mimi is absolutely amazing with designing the wardrobe. I mean, the website, she's amazing. It's really responsive. I think it looks really nice. And the fabric shop, like you talked about doing a vlog. I really like the video demos that you do. Catch it both ways. And when you wave it around in a circle and put it, and I'm like, that's what we do when we try to fabric's going to be good or not. That was all Mimi's idea. When we first decided, we, we wanted to kind of make sure that we were giving what we wanted and what we really didn't see a lot of. And so we were like, okay, how do we want to photograph these products? And Mimi said it has to be video. And so we're just sticking with that. You can expect a video for every fabric on our website. <laughs> and now it's, it must be a lot of work. I can only imagine it's much harder to kind of take good video pictures, you know, take videos without interruption. You might cough or something. And we have to take the sound off. If y'all heard the sound <laughs> behind the video. <laughs> I wish you had told me that trick because I'm just trying to learn how to do videos and mm-hmm. feel of the opinion. My friend Quinora, she Renee Fabric, she's a custom fabric business. She was telling me about how those videos where you got you drop something and it changes. Every time I see those videos, I'm like, oh, witchcraft. <laughs> and I'm like, and, uh, you know, I'm like, this is I'm like, this is what Quinora gets for having old friends. I love Quinora. She came into the store one day. <laughs> Show me how to do the TikTok. She's like, Lisa, it's just called a TikTok. And I'm like, you know, the ticking talking. Me talk me sound like my mama. Talking about the TikToking and the Netflixing, the snapping and chatting. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that all that. Give me the snapping and the chatting and the filtering and all of that. You're listening to the Stitch Please podcast, and I'm talking today with Brittany J. Jones of Melanated Fabrics. When we come back, we'll hear more of what Brittany has to tell us about what it means to build a brick and mortar store. Stay tuned. 
Black Women Stitch and the Stitch Please podcast are happy to announce that we have another way to connect with our community. In addition to the IG Lives that we do every Thursday at 3 p.m., we also now have a club on Clubhouse. That's right, friends. They done messed up and given me the chance to have a club. Follow Black Women Stitch on Instagram and now on Clubhouse Thursdays at 3 p.m. on Instagram and 3.45 p.m. on Clubhouse Eastern Standard Time. And we'll help you get your stitch together. Welcome back to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork, and we're talking today with Brittany J. Jones of Melanated Fabrics. I wanted to get back to the sewing 30. That's one of the things that I really appreciate about the way that your creativity and your time management come together. Because sometimes people will think 30 minutes, that ain't nothing. Like, what's the point? You can't do anything in that time. I may as well, I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to, I need to wait until I have like five hours of free time on a weekday. So tell me about how did you come up with that idea and what has been some of the feedback around it? Yes. Well, it's funny because (laughs) I just assumed everyone kind of knew. And that's one thing I want to encourage you. Don't assume everyone knows something. (laughs) Just share it and you'll be surprised. I had no idea Sewing 30 was even a thing. And when I did share about it, people reminded me that Miss Nancy Zeman had books about it. And I was like, really? I didn't even know because I didn't grow up sewing during her time. And I'm like, how come y'all ain't share this? <laughs> this is groundbreaking for me. Those Nancy Zeman videos, they're from like from the 90s. And like they had taken one of her old shows, Sewing with Nancy. I was in Wisconsin when she was doing that show back in the late 90s. She had tons of books. She had a weekly show on PBS. And it was like sewing 15, 20, all these different increments. But she's got some really good tips. So I'm hoping that I release that somehow. I didn't know anything about that until after I shared it. So... It came to the point where I would sit down and sew. I would make breakfast and I would sit and sew and it would be dinner. And people, my children would be like, what's for dinner? And I'm like, what? What? I just made breakfast. What are you talking about? (laughs) That became like a reoccurring thing. And I started to realize, okay, you need to prioritize this and you need to reprioritize the priorities. Go ahead and put feeding the children on the list, I guess. Great. (laughs) So when I started to realize that I was just sitting there for hours and getting nothing done, as much as I love it and I want to do it, I can't for my life. (laughs) I had to accept that. And so I really started to focus on time management. That's when it really hit me. And so I started to set a timer and the timer wasn't for me to rush against the clock. It was just to remind me, okay, you've done some sewing. Let's take a break and move on to something else like making dinner or running some errands or working out. Whenever I set the timer, it's just to let me know you've been creative, you made progress, let's move on. And that's the whole thing. I've had to switch my mind because my whole thing first was I need to sit here and I need to finish this garment right now. When that shift happened, I realized, okay, I got my priorities kind of mixed up. I need to refocus. I started to find enjoyment in just making progress. I love that. I really do. I love this idea of committing to progress, just doing a little bit, just doing a little bit, and that there's joy in the doing. And I found that in patterns, it's already broken down. So when I realized that, I was like, wait, this says bodice. I can do that in 30 minutes. Wait, that says sleeve. I can do that in 30 minutes. It just makes it so much easier for me. And I 
I'm more excited to sit down. Like when I came in today, I had 30 minutes. I set the timer. I record it so I can show it to my vlog. <laughs> I'm still thinking, you know, I got a double content now. And yeah, I was able to fill the side seams, surge it. And the timer is not also not so you can cheat steps. You just fall in love with the process and take your time. So I'm still surging my seams. I'm still doing all the things to make a beautiful garment. I'm just making small progress at a time. Yes. And at the end, the result is still the same. It's still the same. And if you sew like me, you may have a garment finished every week. Because on Friday or Saturday every week, you got something new done. And I appreciate you, the way that you're thinking about when you're giving and creating these things, that you're also sharing the story of the creation. And I think that that is a really generous gift because I think that sometimes social media, I personally find it very overwhelming, very demanding. That can be draining. Yeah. And I felt drained recently. I've been trying, like I said, with the transition, I'm trying to just figure out how to create now because I'm not the same creator I was in 2014, actually 2016, when I started my blog and YouTube channel. I don't create the same no more because I'm not a stay-at-home mom anymore. So my content has to shift because that's where I am now. Um, And so I'm trying to accept that, which I I finally accepted it. (laughs) It is what it is. This is where I am now. (laughs) And And so it's a great place because where you are right now is a fruition of prayer. Where you are right now is where you want it to be. I think I mentioned this in the comment that I made. I think you mentioned about how the demands of social media. And this is something my friend told me, who's also Glitter Moonshine. Oh, I love her. (laughs) Oh, she's so awesome. She has helped me save my own life. And she's like, you belong to yourself first. You belong. And that is something that I practice all that. I have to remind myself because I similar, it sounds like similar to you. Like I'm a giver, I'm a doer. And then when I'm exhausted, I'm like, I'm not doing a good job because I'm not doing because I can't because I'm on the floor in a puddle and maybe it's somebody's time to come do for me. I think that social media gives us the opportunity to practice boundaries and to practice what is enough because I tell you what, you are enough. Thank you. (laughs) And since if you don't do another thing, if you leave this Zoom right now, hit in and you're like deuces. Y'all didn't know this, but I done saved up some money and got me a nice solo cabin in Martinique. And that's where I'm living from now on. Audi, you would have done. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) True, because it's this, you know, it's like you give and give and give and give and give and give and give. That's not living either. Yeah. At the end of the day, the people are going to get what you choose to give them. Social media is funny and it's, I'm, I'm learning a lot from it and I'm evolving and I, I, I like where God has me. And so I'm going to just start creating the content for where I am. I, I pray my supporters stick around, but if not, I appreciate the support while you gave it, but I got to roll with where God has me rolling. <laughs> People who support you, support you. Yes. You get done. If they don't, then they can go on elsewhere because you don't need that energy right? I am not auditioning my humanity or anything for anybody. I'm in a hundred percent. We did this really big Patreon drive because the thing that I've been doing with Black Women Stitch is like through Patreon and individual support because corporate support is kind of complicated for a Black-led, Black liberation project. Some corporations don't want to deal with that and I absolutely do not want to deal with them. So I'm just like, hey, this is what we do. If you want to support it, we would really appreciate it. 
But guess what? You're not buying me. I'm going to do what I'm continuing to do. And I'm so grateful for all the support. I really am. But however much money monthly people are giving is because they are in support of what I'm doing because they believe in it. They either believe in it or they don't believe in it. That's okay. And things change and people change. I understand that. But I just would never want you to feel like you were somehow falling down on the job because you are growing. It takes a minute for my mind to click. <laughs> and this is what people who support you want. We want you to change. We want you to challenge yourself and challenge us. And you know what I mean? So it's all love. It's all to the good. And I just want you to keep leading and loving with your heart. And anybody that's not on that vibe can get to stepping. I'm also very good at dismissing people. I like how your smile is like, Ping. <laughs> So tell me about this fabric store having a building that has doors and paint and needs plumbing and electrical work and lawn mowing. I've not been to Georgia in like a really long time. So since the pandemic and everything. And so I was really struggling to try to figure out like, Lisa, should you go buy a plane ticket to Atlanta so you could go see the store in person? It's like, Lisa, you have not been anywhere, not even to see your own mama in 18 months. Step going to be going to a fabric store. That's not going to fly. So I was unable to participate in the grand opening because my travel was quite limited. It looked like such a party. It looked like such a party. So talk about like the distance, like in terms of like creating the idea of just saying, okay, wait, I've committed to this idea. I want to do it. How do you find space? And how does all this work? If you're going to give somebody like a couple of tips on go ahead and open a brick and mortar store in 2021. Well, Melanin Fabrics all started with literally a text message. The audience may not know, but Mimi G, we're amazing friends. I absolutely love her. She's my mentor. And so I reached out to her because it's in 2020, June 2020, around the summertime. And I was like, I bought two bolts of fabric. I'm going to start selling. <laughs> she's like, she's like, at first, before I said selling, I said, I bought two bolts of fabric. She's like, are you going to start making custom garments? I said, no, I'm going to start selling them. I'm going to sell fabric out of my garage. I got two bolts to start with. I literally ordered two bolts of and she said she had a similar idea. She's like, let's do it together. I was like, together, together? <laughs> She's like, yeah, let's do it together. I was like, like me and you, 50 50. She's like, uh, it's like, yes. <laughs> who I'm texting with, right? I just want to make sure this is the same Brittany J. Jones I'm texting that I know in real life and not some other one that I don't know. I'm texting, baby. I'm like, so are me and you, like, she's like, yes, let's do it. I was like, let's do it. October 23rd. We launched online and it's just been absolutely amazing to have a partner who's one passionate about sewing just as much as you are, who's, who is who they are, have their own amazing brand worldwide. It's just been absolutely amazing to work with uh, Mimi to partner on this, to see a dream come true. Like I said, that I didn't even dream for myself, but it's just been absolutely amazing to experience this and work together because I'm learning so much on the back end of running a business that I didn't know. And because I have a partner in Mimi, she knows the things that I don't know. <laughs> so it's just been, again, absolutely amazing. And so we were based out of San Diego, been a military family. That's where I was stationed at at the time. I took over all the customer service, all the orders. And so it was really hard. Actually, when we launched the 23rd, I had a tragedy. I lost my dad on the 26th. So I had to leave and fly away. And Mimi was actually coming into town. It's just amazing how God works things out and that like we didn't even know that. And so having that partner, I, I haven't been away from Melanated since I think that's the only time I've been away. 
But it's just been, again, amazing to have her as a partner, to see the growth. And it's like we fell into our roles naturally. Mimi built the site in like two days. <laughs> I'm like, when she does this, magic is happening. She <laughs> built the website in like two days. I took over the customer service because I just, I, I love customers, you know? I just love it. I love engaging with supporters. And so we just grew the business. We had what we call an e-commerce storage. So it was a storage unit that had like a separate room for office. That's where Melanie Fabric was. <laughs> and we have like the before and after pictures on the website of where we started. We really started from humble beginnings and we just made it work. We worked hard. Mimi and Norris would fly out, get orders out, photograph. Photographing y'all, we used to take pictures outside. Okay. We were taking photos and doing the videos outside so we could get y'all the truest light. Oh, that's a love natural light. Right. So to be here in this space, and again, we packed up everything. I think we packed up in June. Norris drove across country in like a day, which was insane. Partner was out here looking, found the perfect location. So she was going around and partner already had kind of the idea in mind. So the design of the space is all Mimi. I just knew we were going to have fabric, <laughs> a sewing center, but the vision and how it decorated and came all together, that was all Mimi. And it's, it's absolutely perfect. Our goal for it, though, was to have a space that wasn't like any other fabric store. I really love how in making the commitment to a brick and mortar store, you were also making a commitment to your dream. A dream that I didn't even dream for myself. It's amazing. I love it. I love it here. We're able to come in and just be creative, work in the same space because it was a lot. Mimi was in Georgia. I was in California. So we're running a business <laughs> and we can't put our creative brains together. Now that we can sync our brains together, it's just been amazing to have the whole team here. It's been everything. So yeah. It is so exciting. I've just loved watching the flourishing. It's just been so wonderful to see the growth and the development and to have another place to shop, to have another woman-owned and people POC-owned business and just the all of it is just wonderful. Really true congratulations to you. Thank you. If you could think of a one thing you're excited about for the end of 2021. You have something that you're like, maybe it's a secret, you can't share it yet, but is there something you're like really looking forward to closing out the year? Yes, my house. (laughs) It should be done definitely by end of 2021. And if you're following me on social, I'm doing all types of updates because I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm driving by there every minute I can. But that is the one thing I'm most excited about. Get the house to finally be settled that would be the final piece to this transition puzzle. It's so exciting. And I wish you so much joy and success and ease in all of it. Ease with the house building, ease with the creative reuse space and all of the things that you all are doing. Just congratulations on all of it. Thank you so much.
You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcast directories or services allow for reviews, but for those who do, for those that have like a star rating or just ask for a few comments, if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the Stitch Please podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.